welcome to the Preacher Curl podcast, where we discuss the vastness of ministry and how we as pastors and leaders end up in the fetal position. We're beginning a new series here at PCP about internal relations between yourselves as the pastor leader with your staff, congregation, boards, and today we're going to start with our relationship with our spouse. So who better to bring on the air than our very own wives? Woo-hoo. Yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, before we go much further, I want to make a few things known. You know, what we're going to talk about, internal relations, is not something that's easily talked about. You know, it's a, it's a tough subject uh, to bring forth. Uh, one, because we're in the midst of ministry, uh, uh, but we do have, but understand that the things that we are discussing are super important. Family is important. Understanding the person you work with is, you need to have a relationship with that person. So that's an important thing to discuss. And how do you handle relationships with your boards and with, with your congregation and with having friends and all of that stuff. And speaking of family, uh, you know, just so everybody knows, there may be a few skips in the podcast, but that's just because we have the great, beautiful Harper Powell with us today. We should mention that Harper is a baby when we say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's not talking about some supermodel or anything like that, uh, <laughs> though she certainly is cute enough. Um, that's right. Uh, no, Harper is uh, my daughter, and so right now uh, we're all recording in our home. Um, and so Harper's only five or six weeks old. So uh, there might be some moments where you hear a little bit of crying. So what we'll the pause and uh, just bear with us, though, because we we think this conversation is going to be a lot of value. hundred percent. And so to, to kick things off, I just want, you know, Jen and I are sitting here. We were just going to hear how you guys met. Hmm, okay. And of so, course, of course, introduce your yeah, wife. Yeah. Well. So, uh, so this is uh, my wife, Jody, as you all can clearly see on a radio talk show. <laughs> Hello. Like that. Yeah. Um, and so Jody and I have been married for five years. Um, we met back in high school. Um, do you want to tell the story of how we met or you want me to, to throw in some commentary and stuff like that? Um, well, you always get to talk, so I'll tell it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I met Mason originally through a friend. Um, I was, I'm in, I was in band in high school and there was a girl that I was kind of friends with and I was inviting her to a secret surprise party that I was throwing for my boyfriend at the time. And Mason was kind of with this girl, but not really. And I was like, well, you can come too if you want to, because I felt bad for him. He was standing there, so it was an awkward pity invite. Um, <laughs> pity invite. That's the first time I've ever heard it described as that. Well, it was awkward. He's just standing there, and so I invited him, um, and he came. I, I have like, to okay. rethink the entire beginning of our relationship now. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was fine. Because then we became friends, and we were talking at this party. Um, and I realized that his sister was in band, and I had known her for like a year and a half already at that point. I'd also already met several of his other family members, but I'd never met him. Um, and so we ended up having a class our spring semester of senior year, and we became friends. And I tell everyone that I bullied Mason into liking me um, because my love language is sarcasm. And so I would just pick on him. It was too easy. Um, but yeah, so that developed into, I guess I kind of liked him a little bit. And then I trapped him and to liking me and here we are there are so many things <laughs> in this description right here and i'm like yep all right so this is going to turn into a weird couples counseling podcast here um it's okay because yeah. we ended up liking each other it's yeah okay. we ended up i guess so does, yeah. Yeah. does he really like you though he'll never know he will i, know. He I will. feel like i'm trapped now <laughs> it all started because she had pity on me apparently <laughs> Yeah, but well, that's okay because now you got Harper. Yes, yeah. so she so is all worth it. Yes, yes. Well, awesome. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, ours was 
we were both in relationships uh, when we, well, I guess we, we met because we went to college at the same time, of course. And we, we knew st- of each other. And we, and we studied the same degree and all of that stuff. And so we had sh- similar classes. And Oh, yeah. One of our first main interactions was in one of those classes. I was habitually late to this class. Every day. <laughs> habitually Every late to it. day. And the teacher and I were really close, but she was getting sick of my stuff. And so she told Cameron to lock me out of the classroom. Oh. So I co- I'm like 10 minutes late, and she's like, no, go lock the door. <laughs> Cameron has to go and lock me I'm out like of the I'm like staring her down and, and like, locking the door with glee. And- and I went, I went back to my room and took a nap. I mean, it was no yeah. skin off my back, but right. our first interaction was you locking me out of class. Uh. Yep. And then because we studied the same degree, we traveled. We, it was the summer of 2010. We were traveling, doing camp teams as counselors for different camps around the nation. And so the first four weeks, we were the counselor, some counselors, as well as the worship team. So it was a bunch of musicians traveling. And so... uh you know, you're driving from our, our, our tour with when we were together was first we went down to from Oklahoma to uh, Mississippi. So that drive, you get you get the drives uh, between camps yeah. and all that stuff. Then you spend the whole week and then you're intimately in worship together, playing music and, and trying to do all of that stuff. And so, you know, you have those long car rides of conversations, one of them being we're stuck in Birmingham, Alabama. and it is the hottest day of the summer, it feels like. <laughs> and we're in a tr- uh, 15 passenger with no AC. And the, no, it was a traffic jam, mm. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was the one time our friend decided to drive. The camera wasn't driving. Yeah. The one time he decided to drive. <laughs> we were stuck in traffic for like three hours in 115 degree heat. And I had to pee the whole time. <laughs> and so I'm laying in the back just trying not to move. <laughs> it was a fun trip, though. It was, it was an awesome trip. Part. And so that was kind of the big... Thing. Well, yeah. I mean, we also don't want to imply that something started on that camp because right. you were in a relationship and that's not the case. For we, sure. We, yeah, nothing no. started no, there. No, no. But that's when we started to get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah. And then it was just one of those things where just time went on. Uh, relationships went their other ways and we were like, hey, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. And we did. And so. <laughs> I just pictured you walking up to her and be like, hey, you, you want to do this? <laughs> you know, exactly <laughs> like <Sure>. that. <laughs> Mr. 20, Smooth over here. <laughs> 21st century bro is a text message or something. Yeah, it was, it was more like, I went, 100%. How, come, how come we've never dated? That's what you said. Right. You said, how come we've never? I was like, I don't know. Let's do it. Uh, That's yep. okay. When yep. Jody, like, <laughs> she tried to initiate the, the relationship. By, she had broken up um, with another guy after the guy that she threw a surprise birthday party for um, texted me, like, the day that she broke up. <laughs> and her response was, I just need to start dating taller men. <laughs> and my response was... Hey, I got this buddy named Corey who's like a foot taller than me. He's like seven feet tall. He's you, available. You could have not been laying it on any yeah, thicker. Yeah, she and had, he had no idea. This, so he was very, much, very blind. Yeah, very you blind. pretty much slapped me in the face and was like, hey, I like you. And it was like, oh, oh, this changes a lot of things. I was just trying to be a good friend. This is why she had to trick you because you had yes. no idea. Yes, yes. This this is how is he had to be trapped <laughs> because he knew he liked me. He just needed help getting there. <laughs> She's like an old fisherman. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. She, she knew I back. liked her before I knew I liked her. Apparently. Well, yeah, you did. You were talking right. to your roommates about it. That's true. So you can't act like you didn't like oh, all that. Oh, dorm room <laughs> chats, man. Those yeah. were the days. Yeah. You know, I, we were, that's one of the things I always talk about is like, man, I just loved the four hour conversations till like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. about, you know, girls or <laughs> 
the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, like those were the those were the conversations. That describes late night Bible college. It's this. It's yeah, girls. Where are we going to eat? And did y'all do that paper yet? Those are the three conversation topics of the dorm rooms. Yep, at Bible college. That's true. Really excited for all of you. I think it's been real nice, you know, with the with the podcast and with working out and being having having those conversations. Like it kind of reminds me a lot of the college dorm room, where we can talk about things, whether it's something stupid or whether it's something that is meaningful and and something we need to talk about. Um, and so that's why it's uh, that's why it's our conversations like having these. You know, we we sent our wives the questions of kind of what where we want to go with today's episode because it's heavy you know and it doesn't have to be but it, it it is because you know there's there's some difficult dynamics to uh ministry and being married and having a family and also doing God's work and making sure that you're not uh neglecting the call mm-hmm. um and so it it's just it's a it's a fine line and it's a balance that really has to take place and uh as we've said in previous episodes, this is still something that we're working out. It's not an always like it's. <laughs> I'm not saying this as an expert. I'm not coming to you writing you a book about um, how to balance that. I'm just trying to live it out and showing how maybe I faltered and where I'm trying to get better or um, don't do this because I've gone down that road before. And so that's that's really where we're at, and and we understand, guys. There are some of you out there that are that aren't married. You're maybe not even dating, um, but this is still um, something that you could be like, okay, that's something I need to avoid for the future. Or you know, if we're talking about a board, maybe you're not talking about the board of elders at your church. We're talking about the literal board for your company, you know. And so uh, look at look at it through that lens, um, because this is going to be. Um, something that you can take and you can run with in any, any kind of relationship you're going to have, uh, moving forward. Um, so, you know, we kind of talked about how we met and so let's transition into these questions because, um, there's a lot of meat here. Um, and, and internal relations, you know, we, we can talk about our relationships and how we met and our favorite vacations. And we were trying to get, um, (laughs) we had told Jen and, uh, Jody, that hey, here's here's a question for you to answer. What was the biggest whoops your spouse has done in ministry? And it's one of those things where it's like, eh, do we want to like slash each other and <laughs> and poke at each other? And and the truth is, I don't like to be poked sometimes. And so, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent a bear. And so you poke me, <laughs> you know, I got the height of a bear the size of a bear. (laughs) You poke me, I'm going to be a bear. And so uh, we're going to dive into this because I think this first question is, is goes right along with how we met. And, you know, there was some, (laughs) we, we did premarital counseling with one of our professors who we absolutely love. Mm -hmm. And anytime we go back to OKC, we we call him and we're like, Hey, let's hang out or, you know, whatever. Of course we just want to see him. But this was even a question that he had for us, and it wasn't about ministry. It was just about a family, the family dynamic of it. You know, what are your expectations? You know, this is why we were dating, while we were engaged. What are your expectations for um, this relationship, for this marriage? You know, and looking at what we're talking about here, what were your expectations? And this is to you, ladies. You know, of being a pastor's wife. 
that's very i'm gonna go ahead and jump in while you guys think your answer because that that's a good point because even when i counsel other you know couples and premarital so that's always the first thing i dive into is what are your expectations and have each of them write it down privately and then we'll share it out loud um and you know because that's usually the unspoken things of i expect so-and-so to do the chores because my father or my mother uh did this chore and so clearing the air but when it comes to ministry and stuff like that it's like it's a it's something a little bit different like the dynamic of a pastor's home is a completely different relationship than any other kind of a marriage home and stuff like that so and um, i almost wish <laughs> you know like our our premier guy would have been like hey ask your grandparents or who you know because for me my grandpa was a pastor yeah. and so like hey ask your grandpa and ask your grandma like what should we expect <laughs> what should we expect like yeah. what were your expectations like how you know so that it's, you're not coming in as blind yeah. to to the whole thing, but um, there there's that learning too as well, you know, yeah. for your expectations. So, so we'd love to hear your guys. It's like for sure because uh, you guys, um, I know at least Jody, you knew I was going to be a pastor. Actually, I knew I was going to be a pastor before I ever met you. But Jen, I don't know your story as well. So, I, you know, I think this would be a good conversation. Of what were your guys' expectations, or was it a surprise, or um, or anything like that? Um. Well, I knew you were going to be a pastor, but I guess because we met in high school and we had like a friendship first, I didn't really look at you as a pastor. So I like, yeah, well, That's covered. I don't have a look of a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw you as my friend and then I saw you as, you know, my spouse. And so for three years you were my spouse. And so that was hard to go. Okay. Now I'm a pastor's wife. Like that was, that was different. I didn't marry and you were already a pastor or like immediately start ministry. So it was different. Because I knew you were going to be a pastor, but we weren't there yet. Um, so right before you started um, at the Bluff, I read a book that um, his mentor's wife gave me about being a pastor's wife. And that helped a lot as far as, um, you know, being open and honest about how you're feeling um, with each other. Because, you know, some pastor's wives hold everything in. They think they have to be the face, like save face for their husband and for his ministry. Um, but I'm, I'm very honest with him. Like, Hey, you did this. I didn't like that. Like that hurt my feelings. So like we have that expectation of being open and honest about I mean, I th that. I think there's some difficulty there because, um, you you said save face. Okay. Um, not only are there expectations, like what do we expect, but like other people have expectations. And so when it comes to save face, you're like, I didn't even know that was a, like, I didn't know that what I was doing was a written law, you know, <laughs> for being a pastor's wife. Or yeah, You have to be conscious of everything yes. you do because of blowback. Yes. Right. Because, like, even if you, that wasn't your intention for it to mm -hmm. go a certain way, mm -hmm. or even if your heart was in the right place, you have to be very careful about how you say things. And Like, you can't just be 100% authentic all of the time because you have to constantly be putting yourself in check because there's this whole board watching your husband and you're mm -hmm. connected to your husband. So if you did something that was iffy, then maybe your husband let you do it or let you say, you mm. know, and then right. there could be blowback. And so you have to be constantly counting your words and like being very specific about right. what you say, which is, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, that is hard. That's another aspect of, you know, watching like what you do and being conscious. Um but definitely like at home, it's that expectation is you're open and honest mm -hmm. at home. And then, like you said, it, I mean, at church, I can't go to church and like be crying because he hurt my feelings that morning, you know, because then everyone's gonna be like, what did Mason do this morning? You know, <laughs> right. you can't, you just can't do that. Um, and so it's, that makes that hard. 
Um, but yeah, so it's just being open and honest. Um, and then that the church doesn't come first. So like you're not married to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say who, but I do have a family member that had a very poor relationship. She was married to a pastor and it was domestically violent. It was more like the um, old timey stereotypical, like this is who he is at church, but it was not who he was at home right, kind yeah. of deal. Right. And so she was very like, you're going to marry a pastor. And she was very nervous mm-hmm. about that. Um, and so we have that expectation that they don't, the church does not come before home. Um, and after a certain time, that phone goes off. Unless it's Dave, you're not answering that phone. Unless someone's in the hospital, you know, you're at home. You're yeah. off the clock. To so. specify, Dave is my uh, co-pastor. So he's, uh, you know, he's the only one who, who gets that, that privilege or that, that permission if the phone rings a certain time. Um, but it's right, you know, when, um, when, you know, I was telling, or when we were engaged, in fact, you had multiple people try to talk you out of the engagement of saying, hey, Mason's a great guy. We love him. You guys fit really well together. Um, but he's going to be a pastor. Um, and that that shook me a lot of people actually going up to you and trying to talk you out of marrying me because of what I knew God was calling me into. Um, but I think it shows this like, hey, this is a calling for everybody um, when you, you're called into this ministry kind of deal that it's not just um, it's just not just me. It's it's also you, and that's something we have to take seriously. But it, it's also this, you know, what you're saying of you guys. If you're you're hurting or there's something going on, the you just mentioned, you know, the difficulty and just being open and authentic, um, or saying here's what's gone on my life. That to me, that just breaks my heart hearing because I know Cameron and I we work very digitally to to create a gospel community at our church and stuff like that. Um, and I think this is something that all pastors can echo. You, you strive so much to create an example of what you see in, in the New Testament gospel community. But as pastors, very rarely do you actually get to taste it yourself. You provide it for others, but but you and your family are oftentimes the outsiders who don't get to taste it um, of the, the fruits and joys of the gospel community because we're under a microscope. Um, we have to be very careful what we say and do. Um, and so hopefully for those of you who are listening and you have a, a pastor that you're friends with, maybe that helps shed some light and, you know, reach out to them and things like that. Because cause what I'm hearing in your guys' tones is there's a lot of loneliness, it seems. There can be. Um, and that's why it is important if you are a pastor or a pastor's wife to have friends that are in ministry as well. And maybe even ministry not at your church so that you can have a little bit more freedom and um you know, being honest about what's going on. But as far as expectations, like, you know, the church is always watching you, so you have to be careful. And so at home, we we have to talk at home. We yeah. can't can't go to church and be upset. And um, and then having those boundaries of you're home now, like you're not at work. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that it's really important to be able to have open communication. I mean, you're going to say that about any relationship but it's like somehow exponentially important for a pastor's family because of what we've already mentioned you the the amount and kind of deep deep relationships that you have you kind of have to pick and choose and be very careful because it's it's really easy for people to gossip or for people to just like flippantly you know spread things that needed to stay close and so it's hard for us to pick and choose those deep close relationships Mm -hmm. so if we can't if it's harder for us to find those then, like, when you come home from work, you're my best friend coming home from work, and I need to talk to you, you know? Mm. 
And so that relationship is just really important exponentially because not, not just that I'm, you know, I'm homebody, I don't have any friends and I'm lonely, but it's like, it's really important because you're the person that understands me best and knows what I'm going through, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I can talk to you from a place of like, you know, like a deep place inside of me. You're not going to judge me because you're going through it with me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's really important. So as far as expectations, like the openness is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, but like starting back at the beginning of expectations, like when we were dating, like you, we were both in music worship ministry and I guess I was naive. I don't know. I thought you were going to be a music worship minister and you are a music (laughs) worship minister, but you're also the associate pastor and the youth pastor and the digital guy and the go-to guy for everything else. (laughs) And like, I don't mean that to sound like jaded or something, but whenever you start out, I guess you're a little bit naive and you think, okay. Yeah, the church can't afford to hire 17 people, one for each of these things. So two or three guys are going to have to do it all. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize going into it how much falls on you. And so, like, the days are long and the years are short, you know. And so I guess my expectation going in was kind of like, oh, he's going to be the music worship minister. And I get to be a lay person. And we're still going to be normal. But (laughs) he's a youth pastor as well. And that comes with, you know, the whole dynamic of, like, shepherding little people and there's just a lot more to it than you realize going in, and it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's hard, but it's just a different kind of hard that people don't, they don't know how to relate to. Right. That makes sense. It's hard I, to communicate, yeah. yeah, with, like, especially with your own flock, because, like, I always feel like I'm on the clock with everybody, um, even some of our closest friends, you know, from within the church. Like, everything I say and do, I still think of it as, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor. Um, so that's why I really enjoy hanging out with you guys because you're the you know first people we've met in town where I'm like, I feel like I could be authentic. Like I can tell, you know, there are times me and Cameron hanging out, I'm like, hey, you know, Jody and I had this argument and here's what's going on. But the, I don't have the, the courage, I guess you can say, to, to say it in front of a lot of people, you know. Or, um, and it's like, okay, here's where I feel like I can get a gospel community a lot of times mm-hmm. is pastors from other churches where I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to win them over to my church or I'm not trying to pastor them. I'm just trying to be authentic um, and real. Um, now, you know, we still have people who can be honest mm-hmm. and open within our own church and stuff yeah. like that, but it's, it's a different dynamic. It's like you can, there's a little bit more openness. That's, that's freedom. It's allowed of someone who's in the same trenches, who knows, um, and that's sort of deal. And, and you're right, you know, we oftentimes enter into ministry, I think, naive of, with expectations of here's what it's going to be like. And then when it, reality hits, you're like, um, I know for me and Cameron, we have a lot of weight on our shoulders, but that also means that's a lot of weight on you guys, um, you know, to, to help us to, to carry that weight um, or to, to watch us carry that weight sometimes and knowing you can't step in. There are many times, and, you know, me and Jody, we have to have boundaries sometimes where I have to come home and I have to tell her I'm hurting, but I'm not allowed to tell you why. Um, and that's sometimes difficult because I know, hey, I'm going to get over this in, you know, an hour or two or a day or two. I'm going to move on. Or maybe someone hurt me and I know I'm going to get this uh, reconciliation that's going to happen later on and we're going to be good. But if I, you know, give you far too many details, sometimes that will forever affect your perspective on church or that individual or on what's going on. So it's one of those sometimes, you know, it prevents some openness sometimes and even the own relationship and spouses. Cause you're like in an attempt to protect them. Yeah. In an attempt to protect them. And it's one of those you're like, you're trying to protect both your spouse and the church. And sometimes you're trying to protect your spouse from the church. 
Um, and that's, I think, a unique struggle or a unique cross that I think married couples have to, to carry sometimes. And um, it's tough. Yeah, yeah that, that's been like a recent conversation for us. And, and, and it's not like a recent, like, oh, this is an epiphany. But, like, we have to, we personally have to continually remind ourselves that, like, first, you yeah. know, like, we, us, and I'm not always the best, like, we can communicate, but it doesn't mean my communication's good at all, you know? Because um, just what you said, like, sometimes I'll just say, no, like, I'll just say nothing. Like, the word nothing. Like, I'm good. I'll be all right. And she's like, you need to tell me what it is. <laughs> you know? Like, we like this was our conversation, like, this morning. <laughs> you know, like. I'm like, are you, are you mad at me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, if you were mad at me, would you tell me? And he says, no. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know if you're not going to tell me? <laughs> It's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all mystery. But like, f- when it comes to even, it doesn't even have to be a confidential stuff. Like if it's stuff where I'm trying to preserve somebody else's view of some, you know, whatever it may be. For me, I'll just say I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm all good. And sometimes that's not enough. You know, I've heard it. You know, and I'm sure it's something <laughs> you felt too, too, Jody. But like, yes. you know, I've heard it. Like that's not enough. Give me more. Like I'm tell me give me an hour or something like mm. give me a time frame and i'm just like i don't want to talk about it right now and so i think that may come from you guys like having so much on your shoulder and having to be so strong for so many different people that you come back home and you're like i got to keep being strong right and we want you to be that kind of protector provider person but like what's my purpose if not to be your eve right you know and to not sure, be your helpmate sure, sure. you know and so if if you're not going to open up and let me know about like what what your feelings are, even if you think those feelings are passing, even if you think that you're inside your own head and, and like you're making something of something that's not, even if you think you're going to get over it, I still want to know how you feel so I can read you in the future. You know, right. those right. things are important. But it's difficult. Um, it you know, and like I said, you know, it's difficult when you're like, hey, someone's hurt me or, or sometimes like I'm counseling another couple or something like that. And I'm like, I can't tell you the details because um, that's a, you know, private matter in, in their lives. I can't tell you what's going on, but I've had to, you know, I'm coming alongside them. I'm helping them carry this burden, but I can't tell you what's going on. You know? um, so it, it's difficult, right? But it's something I think we, we need to aspire to be better at and find new rules, new boundaries. And, you know, we're constantly learning um, and readjusting of, okay, how do we do this? Especially in the past, you know, five weeks and stuff like that since Harper was born. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Our family dynamic has completely changed. The responsibilities have completely changed. Trying to figure out, navigate this new area of, okay, now we went from a pastoral spouse couple to now a pastoral family couple. Right. And And that came with a whole new expectation. I guess I put that on myself, though, because I assume, I was like, well, he has to preach on Sundays, so Saturday nights, I can't bother him. You know, so she's screaming for eight hours, but I have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And um, he got on to me for that. <laughs> um, but it was like one of those expectations I put on myself that because was I was like, way. "You've got to preach Sunday." Like I, and then I remind myself, "No, like we come first. So, you know, we're equally tired on Sunday, and <laughs> I'm not like crying all night by myself." Um, so it's and sometimes you know we put those on ourselves. You know, yeah, we don't. No one even says them to us. We just assume. Well, I have to do this because I'm the pastor's wife. Now I will um, go ahead and brag on you for that because I, I know you do that, and I get onto you. But then when I wake up, like, Sunday morning, and I'm like, okay, uh, my wife and kid are not in the room. And I come out into, like, the living room, and I find you on the couch. And 
um or you fell asleep in the rocker you know with her and stuff like that and i'm like there's a part of me that's like disgruntled of like why didn't you just you know uh come and you know help me but at the same time i'm always touched i'm like here's his wife who who she's sacrificing her own comfort uh for me i'm like here's a mixture of like i feel incredibly loved uh but i'm also like but let me help <laughs> sunday night i'll let you help yeah. <laughs> yeah that was always my my guilt was like i slept through every i still sleep through everything <laughs> Like, we watched a movie the other night. I was asleep within the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> and the people were watching a movie. The movie was blaring. Nothing. You know, and so, um, for me, in understanding, uh, there's so much more to being a pastor's wife than just having to deal with me. Yeah. That's a good point. So, when you guys think about the, the church, is there any, like, do you guys ever feel like there's pressure on your end of, uh expectations of like hey you must be uh like i know in a lot of churches the pastor's wife is supposed to be the lady who plays the piano and stuff like that which i'm not saying that because i know you're musically <laughs> inclined jen so i'm not throwing out that example of you're you know playing because of that but i'm just saying like yeah do you ever feel like the church you know hey we hired your husband but we're also yeah. hoping your wife will do these X, Y, and Z things. Yeah, as well. my dad, whenever we were first getting our first job, my dad was very clear, like in texting me and talking to me. He was like, like, I don't know if you realize this is a thing, but you typically, you know, when a pastor gets hired on, their spouse is kind of like, they could be hired on as a single man. But oh, if we get somebody that has a wife, it's a two for one, mm-hmm. you know, and they can do this and they can do this and they can help with this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to be very clear that they're hiring one person. If they want to pay for two salaries, that's great. But they're hiring one person, and you can be a layperson volunteer. You can volunteer out to Kingdom Come, but it, at the end of the day, it gets to be your choice, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and I had never thought about that. And so I was like, okay, let's let's make sure this is clear up front. And so I guess that would be an expectation, mm-hmm. expectation of the church to respect your relationship and mm-hmm. you know who you're coming in as. It's yeah. like, yeah, I want to be part of your church and I want to help volunteer, but but. You I'm know. not doing this because I'm right. the pastor's wife. I'm right. doing this because right. I want to serve. Right. So, and, yeah, and not yeah. every church is one of those where they, they force that. But right. it's something that at least make clear. Like, hey, I'm doing this because I and, want to serve. And like I you said about back. how you wanted to put, you put it on yourself to, you know, stay up all night Saturday night so that he could be rested on Sunday. It's kind of the same, the same feeling. Mm, it's yeah. like we put it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We put it on ourselves to. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, for me personally, I am thankful that at the bluff, I have never felt pressured to do anything. Mm-hmm. I've no, never felt pressured to serve. I just do it because I want to. Um, so I am grateful for that. But I have, growing up, I saw pastor's wives who, they, they were expected to cook for every funeral and every wedding right. and everything that came up. Um, they were expected to coordinate things. Like, they were basically the church secretary. Mm-hmm. Um unpaid expected to do all these things and i was like wow like they do all of these things and no one ever thanks them and mm-hmm. no one ever you know they're taken for granted but um as far as the bluff like i don't feel that way yeah. um and i've never felt pressured like you have to do this or you have to do that um i serve in some of the ministries and everyone's always grateful 
and they never pester me or yeah. say you're not doing enough or anything yeah like i've that. never felt that from our church either right it's more of like a, it's, if, it's if, only ever me saying no. hey you need to go do this right now. <laughs> you're paid yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. i don't feel the pressure from the church it's just kind of like when something doesn't happen like if we don't end up doing vps or whatever it's like oh well somebody needed to step up and do it and then i'm like well crap was that supposed to be me oh yeah you know like nobody mm. stood up so maybe i was supposed to and then right. i have to kind of introspectively you know talk to god talk about my to myself about god is like is this my call and mm-hmm. am I going to be the best person for that? And if right. he's like, no, you're you're focusing on this over here. Don't yeah. spread yourself too thin. You know, then I can say, okay, no, I wasn't the right person for VBS or whatever it was. And you I know, think, and I don't have to feel that pressure. Yeah, mixing both of those kind of those questions together, I think as and this this is this is a broad aspect ratio here. You know, whether it's ministry, whether it's a leadership position, whether it's a job, whether it's a a managerial position, like you should have your expectations for your spouse and give it to that person, mm. the employer. Right. Yeah. And all it should say is they have nothing to do with it. And They'll serve that. where they feel like, you know, yeah. like we can say, Hey, what are your church's expectations? Well, unless it's written down, it's all hearsay, mm-hmm. but like you should come. Yeah. You should come with the expectation of saying, Hey, look, and I don't know if we did that or not. I know we did but, that. It was like, hey, you're hired. Like, like you, like you said, Jen was, hey, you hired, you hired Cameron. Yeah, I remember. In my Has nothing to do with her. Stuff like that, or they you know, the point where like, do you have any questions for us? I remember bringing that up. Of, what are the expectations for my wife? Because I don't want any expectations on her of she must serve in this capacity or do mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to have her own life, and I know she's going to serve because I know her heart. But I don't want to be enforced upon her or say, like, she has to serve in these areas when her gifting might be somewhere else. For sure. And, like, we can all be transparent because we already, you already have, is I don't think either of the churches we've served at have have said she's going to have to coordinate this. Like, it was never, it was never a thing. Yeah. Never felt pressured, and and that's a that's beautiful, but it's not yes. how it always is, and so that's why, you know, some people are in the fetal position because of that specific thing. Yeah, our church has really good intentions for the most part that I can for sure. that I can tell. And one of those things that I think about is, I know I know I keep jumping back to the what were the expectations, my expectations, but I kind of I guess naively assumed that you know you would have you would go to work at eight and you would come back at four or five, and mm-hmm. you go to work at eight and you come back at five, and I just. I mean, I knew that it was a salary type position, but I guess I just thought that life would be more consistent than it is as far as like when you leave and when you come back. And the church has always been really good. It's like, oh, you worked a whole event on Saturday and you had to work for 14 hours on Wednesday. Please put in your flex time, like, you know, take an extra day off to make up for it. And they want you to do that. And I'm so grateful. But with all of the different hats that you wear and all of the things that you're required to do in a week that I can't, you can't push it to the next week because next week has those same things. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, if the board or whoever puts those things on you to make you do, you can't, you can't necessarily put in the flex time because you still have to have a certain amount of hours to do those things that are necessity. That makes sense. So that you, you can say all day long, please get in your flex time, take off extra time, make up for it, be with your family. Right. But if you still need 62 hours in a week to get done, what your requirement on the paper is, and there's nowhere to have that time off. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I guess, naive to think, you know, that life would be more consistent than it is. And it's right. You know? Yeah. I, I guess for me, I expected, and this isn't anyone's fault. 
Um, but I expected Mason just to be like the Sunday morning preacher. But we took on also the youth ministry. And that's just that's just the place the bluff was in. And that wasn't anyone's fault. But it wasn't something I expected. And so I'm not only married to the pastor, I'm also married to the youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, mm-hmm. that was a weird dynamic because I wanted to be involved in youth ministry, mm-hmm. but he's the youth pastor. And so it's it's like, are these kids going to be able to actually connect with me, you know, because he's right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was, now that you brought that up, that was something that I didn't expect. <laughs> and I think that's also, I mean, it's not, it's not something you expect, but I feel like, you know, and I'm just, obviously you're not my wife, but Jen is my <laughs> wife. And, you know, that I've found so beautiful about having about being married in the ministry and i'm sorry if you're not married in the ministry but this is just something that i've seen and i've recognized you know is say we're we're doing youth where it's it gets super intimate you know we're having conversations like there's there's the part of the whole dynamic of i shouldn't be having these personal relationships and conversations with girls you know she steps in like it's one of those things like it's hey you know, she and I are one. What I say is going to be the exact same thing she says and vice versa. And so it's, it's, she's there. She's able to be, uh, that, which that person needs, you know? And so I've always, I've always seen that as being something beautiful, you know, cause with that, without expectations from your employer or expectations upon yourself, like just doing ministry together. And I, and we just happen to be, uh, the paid position for the vocational position, you know, we have that, that title, you know, we have an awesome resource of people who are of one mind together. Like we're able to flow together <coughs> and we're here to serve the same purpose. We're here to save the serve, uh, say, serve the same God. Wow. I got tongue tied there. Thank you. <laughs> hey, that was a perfect example for uh, correcting my words. Um, serve the same God and, 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 and our intentions are the same. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of, of it all. But there are always, you know, there's, there's unwritten strings that are attached to things, which can get really uh, disastrous at times. Um, uh, and, and we just got to continue to keep, keep growing in that. And uh, I know <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were talking about it earlier about sharing, you know, confidential information. Um, and I always find that being a a super difficult thing, you know, uh, and we'll obviously break this apart in future podcasts about friendships and, and stuff like that, because a lot of times, you know, there, you, you have a friend and they'll come to you in confidentiality and you're like, but you're my friend. Oh, wait, now you're, now I'm the pastor Mm -hmm. and we're having a, a pastoral conversation where, okay, where's the line of Jen's okay to hear that? Now, a lot of times, and that this is just this is just a uh, a blanket statement. Uh, if it's if it is a friend, I'll be like, hey, just so you know, I'll, I'll probably talk to Jen about this, you know, so that we can have we can you know, or I can bring Jen into the conversation, kind of thing. Um, and so, there's so many more difficulty difficulties that are unmentioned. Um, you know, talking about struggles and burdens and. Uh, you know, we live in a society where we, we lay it all out online and <laughs> sometimes we, uh, definitely, uh, 
say more than what we should, though it gets to a point where it's like, but that's what I was, that's what my heart is telling me to say, or my heart's telling me to do that. And now I'm being reprimanded or, um, now I'm being looked at differently because I was, I was open with my, uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, (laughs) it's hard for me to say that because my feelings are not on my sleeve for the most part, unless I'm hangry, right? Yeah. <laughs> unless I'm hangry. Uh, yeah, no, I, d- I delete more Facebook posts than I post. Right. I do. I, I type it out and then I'm like, nope. Yeah. Because it's going to cause an issue or there's going to be a problem. And even if it's 100% true and backed by scripture, and it shouldn't have to be that way. Right. I should be able to speak the truth from the Bible, you know, based on the things that are happening in my life and there shouldn't be any fear of backlash from that. And so I don't know what's caused... Maybe it's just a fear that I'm just I have personally. I don't know. And I wonder about that. Of like, how much of this is, um, you know, Western culture kind of uh, thing that's already implemented, or how much of it is just a fear that we put on ourselves? Like, if we were open in front of our our friends and our church members, they'd be like, "Oh, you guys can be open and honest with us. You can be authentic. You can, you know, no filter and mm-hmm. stuff like that." And so I always wonder. I'm like. But is that really true? Or you, you won't know, know until uh, you know, and then you it's too yeah, late. Yeah, you won't know until <laughs> yeah. you know. But they're like, but if I find out and I'm, <laughs> and I'm wrong, you know, yeah. or something like, you know, then it's like, then I'm looking for a new job or something right. like that, you know. So and that's where a lot of silence comes from, and a lot of withheld mm-hmm. conversations that need to be had, yeah. um, um, where you're like, is it worth it? That's a huge question. Is it worth it to even bring up? Is it worth it to talk about? Because I know something. See, like in normal relationships, a non-pastoral relationship, there would never be a question like if your best friend needed to tell you something, it would be automatic that you would be allowed to tell me because we are one. Mm -hmm. We are one person. And so there's never a second guessing. Like when my best friend tells me something, it's automatically assumed that, you know, it's confidential, but that you're allowed in that bubble. You know, it's automatically assumed. And, but in pastoral relationships, we're put on this weird pressure where it's like everything that I'm told, I have to wonder, am I allowed to share that with the other half of me? Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't have to be put in that kind of situation. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like I said, some of it I think is, you know, maybe we put that on ourselves and some of it might be a, you know, that's actually a, a real thing and stuff like that, which is sad either way. Um, you know, it's something we, we can dream and aspire to be differently. I guess for all of our listeners, you can, from at this point, you can probably hear, okay, so a married couple, you know, pastoral married couple is complicated. It's, mm-hmm. it plays by, it feels like different rules sometimes than what we counsel or encourage other couples to go through, which I think is why it's important for pastoral couples to have friends with other pastoral couples. Mm-hmm. It can be different and more beautiful in a lot of ways, but it can also yeah. be different and harder because like, I, I feel like every Sunday I'm going, going to church as a single mom with two kids, you know, and yes. I never get to go to church <laughs> with my husband. And that's like, mm-hmm. like one of the pinnacle things that like Christian people like enjoy doing together. And right. I don't ever get to do that right. um, in the same way. I, we get to do it in a different sort of way. We can lead worship together, but it's never in that, like we went to church together. Or we, we also don't get to have, we don't get to have, them. yeah, yeah or small I, groups. I think I've sat mm-hmm. with Jody since I started preaching one time, one time in the past two years where I've actually been able to sit with Jody, even just so much of just the worship portion, and then I go up and preach. But just to, like, I can't even think about the last time for the preaching aspect. It's just, it's different. I'm like, I don't get to enjoy that 
that fruit, that wonderful blessing. And, and you're always the ones teaching, and so you never really get to take part in small groups. You're usually the leaders, and so right. we don't get to learn something together and grow together. It's you teaching somebody and then me in a different class or mm-hmm. whatever, and so it's it's harder to like grow in intimacy together, too. Yeah, and it's harder yeah. than even the small group aspect because it's one of those, how much can I share and be open and honest? Or is others in the room, are they comfortable enough to be open and honest around the pastor kind of deal? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wonder, if, like, am I a deterrent? from a true gospel authentic mm-hmm. fellowship and community being fostered like so i'm like i'm either a deterrent or an enforcer or or someone's afraid to say i think is the bible saying this thinking is mason gonna like laying down on them like no that was heresy you know <laughs> like like i always feel like i'm you know deterrent and, and so i know that affects not just our marriage but that affects you know small groups and that affects other areas and stuff like that um and it's a it might be something that's not existent, but it's these thoughts that, you know, in a pastoral couple relationship that you have to deal with. It's funny that you say going to church like a single mom because I've taken her to church twice. And those were the hardest two Sundays trying to get her ready and myself ready and get there. And mm-hmm. then this past Sunday, um, she wasn't feeling good. And so she screamed in the middle of service. And so I'm like grabbing everything and like trying to hurry out of the sanctuary. Um, because you feel bad that they're crying. Um, any other kid, their parents, you know, are pretty chill about it because Mason's like, baby's crying doesn't bother me, but I'm like, this is your baby. Mm-hmm. And so I know that she's going to be a distraction, so I have to get her out of here. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. It was difficult for me as well because, you know, I, I like to help and stuff. <laughs> so I see you struggling uh, while I'm up on stage, and I'm like, I, I'm halfway through the message. I can't stop, and <laughs> let me rush to the help of, you know, uh, of my wife and child. and. And help take care of Harper and stuff like that. I just have to keep going if you look like, sorry, that's on you. I will say, yeah. <laughs> it's like, weird. five people offered to help me on my way out. They no, were whispering, like, which is do wonderful. Help? Do you need help? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's community. Okay. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah. I like that. But and I, do I love understand. that. But there was a part of me, I was like, this is a new dynamic, you know? Yeah. New, new territories. Yeah, but it's also, as you said earlier, is this something we've put on ourselves as a Western civilization? Like, should church be so structured that you can't stop in the middle, go take care of your baby, and then come back and finish pe- preaching, you know? Like, yeah. like church could be different than how we do it now. Maybe it could be more chill and better somehow. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, a yeah. you know, whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious on, because uh, I know Joey and I have had this conversation many times, even back when we were dating, is... Do you ever feel like you're not an independent, authentic, or uh, your own true self, or you feel like you're just an extension of your husband, mm-hmm. or you're just the, oh, I'm just the the girlfriend, the fiance, the wife of so and so? No, I don't feel like I'm in your shadow. I don't feel like an extension of you, if that's what you're saying. Um, it's. Sorry, I guess I'm talking to Cameron. <laughs> Mason was the one speaking. I'm not talking to you. I'm yeah. talking to Cameron. This is very confusing for all of our <laughs> listeners. They're like, wait, who is... Wait, what? which voice is that? This is Jennifer. I don't feel like I'm in your shadow. So that's not... I feel like a completely separate person. I don't ha- I don't worry about like... I guess... Yeah. She's, only- she's a very independent person. And in, this is... I'm going to tell a story about your dad. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> It was just it, it was just something I thought was funny. I never thought about it when we when we took our first position in Louisiana. Uh, her dad kept asking, "So are you going to find yourself a church down there to lead worship?" Because she has the same she has a degree in worship in music as well. Yeah, you know, because it's like one of those things. Like 
why would you waste your degree? Like you can go mm-hmm. serve at another so church. So he thought that you would be a pastor of one church, and she would be a pastor of another church. <laughs> and two it. separate churches. So, you know, I'd be that weird where it's like it's right across the street from each other. You just be in the street, you're like, hey, you know, how, how's it going? <laughs> you, you like point at each other, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't be stealing my people. No. But, <laughs> but you know, I, that's that's props to her family because that's that's just kind of the household she rolled her she grew up and was like hey be independent be yourself you know be who you are and uh though it was to me i was like that's the most blasphemous thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> like, my wife is coming to church with me <laughs> like, for even sure. though she doesn't get to sit with me <laughs> like for sure she watch me on stage. <laughs> she brought that up or she said something and I I I wish I'd have taken a picture of my face. Like what? Like you know, maybe that's just an expectation I put on myself. You know. But anyways, uh, it was just one of those things where uh, she's always been really independent. And uh, the only time I feel like I'm in your shadow is that you're extroverted and I'm introverted. And so if there's new people and he's like, he'll go around. He wants to talk to everybody. Make sure like he's talked to them before they leave because like he wants to make them feel loved and appreciated and glad they're there. And I'm like, you got to introduce me to these people yeah, that you're meeting. I, yes. Real bad. Real yes. bad. Because, real bad. Because the thing is, they'll be coming for like two, four, six weeks or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's a new couple. He's like, no, they've been here for a while. I'm like, well, you got to introduce me <laughs> because they know me because I'm on stage, but I haven't met them yet. So then it's hard to be like, hi, I'm Jennifer. And they're like, yeah, we know you. Yeah. I'm like, well, my husband didn't introduce me yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's usually pretty good about that. But sometimes he forgets. He's like, you know, so-and-so. I'm like, no. I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I'm. I haven't felt in his shadow in a long time, but in the beginning of our relationship, because I started attending a church that he grew up in, it was very much Mason and your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he went to Johnson, but I went to UT, and there's still, to this day, people that think I went to Johnson, just because I... I'll be honest, I thought you went to Johnson. (laughs) I know. See? People automatically assume that we went to the same school, or that I have a ministry degree, or all these things, and I'm like, no. I am a social worker. I went to UT. <laughs> and so that I'm was, uh, it's okay. I forget. But it was frustrating when we were dating and engaged because mm-hmm. they just, people just assume, you know, but you're, you're separate. You're different. And that's we, okay. we had that experience with one of my students who uh, they were dating and one of them was on stage and one wasn't. And when they broke up, it was always, Hey, we're so-and-so, you know, like, <laughs> why would I keep track of them? You know? Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I guess that's encouraging for me. Um, of course, I knew I knew she wasn't living in my shadow. She's her own person, and and whatnot. Uh, I think the flip side can be dangerous too, though, because I think that if we allow ourselves to become too independent and then never come back and have those sure. deep, intimate conversations, then it's easy. It's easier just to be like, "Well, I'm just gonna let him do his own thing, and I'm gonna do my own thing." And then, yeah, I guess maybe we'll talk on Saturday. You know, because the days are long, like I said, and it's sometimes it's easier to let it go than to be bitter. It's Mm -hmm. like you, I've only seen you for four hours this week and it's easier just to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to find my own thing to do rather than be like, you need to make more time for us. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And so whenever you just, you push it back and push it back and you're like, well, I'm just going to get a hobby. I'm just going to do this other thing. I'm just going to hang out with the kids instead so that we don't have to worry about like, I haven't seen you enough then you become independent to a point that's like not healthy right. because you're not tending to your intimate relationship. Yeah. You, you do need things together, but it is one of those things and not to like go back to expectations, but it is you are a ministry couple. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just him. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you have to know that going into it. Like, you're independent, but you're also in ministry with him. Right. So I think you have to, to know that if you're going to marry someone that's in ministry. Be yourself, but also know you have to carry that burden with them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I want to do it together. I, I guess right. I wish we did it together more than we do. Like, let's do a small group together. Or I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think when you ask the question about shadows, I just see myself on the totally other side of the spectrum where it's like I'm not in your shadow I could be a totally different person you just send me the check and I'll go live my own life <laughs> like I know that sounds really harsh but like when you get to a place where you're not talking enough or you're not you know you know hanging out enough and yeah. going on dates enough that's hard when you have little kids like you know with Harper, right. when right. you have little kids and you're not intentionally making time to be like let's talk let's get back like who are you let's get to know each other again mm-hmm. you know when you don't do that then it's sometimes be, it becomes easier just to be two different people you know, mm-hmm. so I guess I see myself on the other side of that spectrum of being in your shadow. Mm. Yeah, that, no, that's really good. I remember, um, Joey, the first time you, you brought up the, like, hey, I feel like I'm just in your shadow kind of deal. You know, we were just dating even back then. Like, I felt like it was the glass shadow and thing. Like, started looking at everything differently. I saw the signs and stuff like that. And it, it aggravated me when people just assumed, you know, or made comments like that. Or, you know, like, hey, you know, you're just... Mason's girlfriend or whatever kind of deal. Um, and it wasn't just at that one location, you know, when we got married, you know, I saw in other locations. Thankfully I don't I don't see it um where we're at now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're in a much healthier place and stuff like that, which is wonderful. Um, but like I, I saw that for, for you and that was a hesitation, I think in some ways, or a little fear of mine when I was going into pastoral ministry now. I'm like, okay, now we're full of diving into this, I've been talking about this for for years, you know, our, um, you know, the first three or four years of our marriage all been leading up to this is going to happen one day. Right. I'm going to get this position kind of deal. Um, there was a part of me that had that fear of, is this only going to intensify and get worse? Now, like I said, thankfully I haven't seen it. You know, mm-hmm. no. you're very independent. Um, church sees you as very independent. Um, you know, your own entity, which is wonderful. But for years prior, you know, the, um, you know, several years we've been together, you know, counting dating engaged and married that was always an area where i saw that that struggle that thorn um in the side kind of deal um especially when there was a year where we were living apart in indy mm-hmm. like i felt like that affected a lot of relationships or yeah. a lot of people weren't um you know inviting you over or you know saying hey checking in on you or things like that because i wasn't there and it made me wonder were they only doing that prior because i was there and and then you were just the the actual person because That's that whole true. extrovert introvert thing that you know that describes us in some ways and stuff like that where there's that split and so yeah. i always wonder if you know he's more extroverted than i am i like to tell people i'm an introvert who has taught himself how to be an extrovert so i'm just an extrovert yeah i've taken <laughs> tests and i'm 50 50 every time I'm like wow. okay i'm just like never comfortable <laughs> apparently or you know i mean when i want to be introverted it's like let's say once a year like i'm like i'd, I'd rather need to get on his period that's right <laughs> that man period that's right it's that, it's that time i just need everyone to get away get away from me <laughs> you know we we can we spend a lot of time talking about um the difficulties and the expectations and all of that stuff um there there's a lot of of a perk to it as well being in a, a leadership position and ministry position um but I'm I'm watching as Mason's 
making a... Yeah, Harper farted. <laughs> <laughs> it smells atrocious. As we talk about the person being a family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be nice to my baby. Hey, that's but right. we wanted her to fart. That's right. right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So... Um, we say that because she's been a little constipated. Not just we have a weird <laughs> no, fetish or desire. She's gonna listen to this in twenty years and hate you. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> but there, there, there's a lot of perks to being a ministry mm-hmm. family, and I, because it's a you know we can hang out and have hobbies. You know that's been a topic, a uh, highlight of conversation we've been talking about together is what hobby can we do together you know, what's something we can do together. Um, but for, for us, like a perk of being a ministry family is that we are, or a leadership family. Let me, let me correct that as well. You know, it's that we get to do it together, you know, it's maybe not always together, but you know, we get to sing together and lead together as far as, um, on a Sunday morning, or we can, you know, if I say, hey, I'm going on an event, I want you to go kind of thing, she goes. Like, you know, we're about to spend two weeks at a camp where, yeah, we're going to lead worship at night and stuff like that, but we can spend time together and take the kids canoeing um, and throw them in the water and all that fun stuff. You know, I think there's there are perks. There is the flexibility, uh, the flexible time where, you know, when it's actually taken advantage of, it's really, really not an advantage in a negative way, but like when we actually use it, it's it's very fulfilling to be able to have that time and, and set everything aside. And we'll talk about something that I'm, I'm thinking as we're talking about friendships, but like you have these friendships as a, as a leader and where's the line for, you know, you're talking about he shuts his phone off, you know, like what if the person that I'm leading is a friend and you know, you kind of, kind of think, but, but there's so many, so many different perks to, to being a ministry family. Uh, as far as, you know, we get to, for coming from an extrovert, I get to, we get to invite people over to the house all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and for me, that's awesome. You know, sometimes it's not, but for Mm -hmm. the most, for the most time it's, it's awesome. Um, and it's just, it's just understanding, okay, this is, this is who we are. And when we, when people, when somebody enters the threshold of our house, Hey, this is who we are, you know, take away the titles, take away this. I'm Cameron. This is Jennifer. These are our kids. This is our craziness. Welcome <laughs> in kind of thing. Like, um, I just, I, for me, there's so, there, the, the idea that we can serve together is, is a huge perk for me. Uh, because if we weren't, in ministry, who's to say we, if we weren't in a vocational ministry position, who's to say we'd even serve, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at statistics and hear statistics, like who's to say we even be going to church every week, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know if that's, that's something <laughs> you enjoy. I see it as a perk maybe. Um, no, but, yeah, I'm good. I, I like it. I like that you forced me into it. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we you make, were trapped. Is that what yeah, you're saying? <laughs> I think we make each other better. Like, you know, yin yang or whatever it's like the sure. you're gonna pull out like whenever i'm too like much inside my head you're like no we need to hang out with people let's hang out with people and then whenever you're too much like gone 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 i'm like hey you need to bring it back in let's for hang sure. out let's be homebodies you know for a little bit you know and so i think yeah i agree with you we make each other better apart from that even in the logistical sunday morning stuff if she's not on stage i'm like staring her down because <laughs> i'm like 
How's this? Like, how's this I'm looking at her. I'm looking in her eyes. I'm like, how's this sound? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs eyebrow up, up eyebrow down. Just cut it Ben's up there praying. Is my guitar too loud? She's, she'll be like, she'll do the point down or point up. Like you're good, or you know, you're doing you're doing okay. You know, that's that's what I love, and I love the fact that our kids can see that. Um, we have we were FaceTiming my my nephew yesterday. And he, he, they were at my dad's house because it was father, it was father's day. And so they were, they were over at my dad's house and he was, they said, oh yeah, he was playing twinkle twinkle on the piano by himself while they were playing card game or something or eating dessert or something. And so I walked over to the piano and I was on it. And for like, it's the same with our kids. I guess if they hear a piano, they're going to run to it. Mm. You know, I, Jen and I have, well, I mean, I have so many guitars, but we have her guitar at the house. You know, if I play my guitar, my kids are running in with a guitar. You know, and if, if, uh, Aver or Jen, I hope okay. I did it. As You'll, long as you don't call me Brittany, we're fine. Yeah. I've <laughs> called, his sister. I've <laughs> called Jen my sister's name, all that. It's okay. Um, I'll take Avery. You know, we, we bought her a, a CD player because, you know, there's a time where you like, you know, get away from the like tablet. Like when naps would have been, get now away. it's quiet time. It's go read a book, go <laughs> sing some songs. So, you know, like our kids enjoy music. And so them seeing us enjoy music mm. has like drawn them in. So that's yeah. what I, that's what I love about it is we can invest in that because now the perks of ministry or, or leadership family is like, you're raising up the next generation. You're, you're, they're watching you. And so if we're discombobulated or we're not, in sync together, like they feel that. And mm -hmm. so, um, being able to, and of course we deal with the spiritual realm of things, which is a completely different thing than, uh, a non ministry, non vocational kind of position mm -hmm. is, you know, we're dealing with, with ministry. And so we're dealing with God and, and all of that. And so we just have to, uh, make sure we're taking steps together. And that, that's really what I, that's what I like. And, we're always pushing each other. And sometimes, you know, like in our family chats on, on our phones or whatever, it'll, it'll get really deep with, with stuff. And I'm like, I don't have time to read that. And so then it's, you know, uh, being able to, we, well, I mean, we went to a wedding Saturday mm -hmm. and spent two hours, both directions, just talking about stuff and a lot of, some spiritual things. Um, but needing that time together was yeah. They were like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be gone. So Friday, you know, I worked a little bit Monday and then I took Friday off, you know, and was able to do stuff and, and, and spend time with the family and all of that. And so that, that's really kind of a big perk for me is just, you know, we get to work together. Yeah, for sure. There, there's certainly, you know, as we've mentioned in this podcast and stuff like that, there are a lot of, you know, complications or difficulties, uh, per se, in you know, pastoral marriage relationship. But that doesn't mean that they're bad. And, and sometimes in those difficulties, there's like great diamonds and great, you know, joys and mm -hmm. stuff like that that are involved that a lot of other couples don't get to you know, experience you know, stuff like that or that they miss out on. Um, you know, and I, I think of for some for me, it's like, OK, we are in the line of work of, you know, always dealing with spiritual matters a lot of times. So when there's a, a great win, you know, or you, you get to see God do something, you know. I get like the joy of that is twofold. I get to share with Jody and we get to celebrate in that together. Um, you know, that, you know, that to me is a, a wonderful perk. 
mm-hmm. uh, of you know doing you know life and ministry together and stuff like that and being this pastoral couple of I get to sometimes see those moments more than uh you know uh, maybe some people in our, our congregation just because I hear from and I'm constantly in contact with some people so that that also comes with the negative side of like sometimes I you know experience a little bit more negative uh, but when you get those moments of oh man God showed up God did something the celebration is mm-hmm. intensified. Which, and sometimes we get to see, like, multiple things line up that are God, God's doing, and the church only sees, like, one thing. Mm. But they, like, they're like, oh, that's so cool that that happened, but they don't understand, like, the magnitude, because we've seen all these other little things. And so mm-hmm. it's really cool that we get to see kind of the whole build up and everything that God's doing, even if the church doesn't get to see it. I remember, um, it was, I think, around the time when I told uh, my parents uh, hey, I want to, to marry Jody, And they knew that she was going to be a social worker and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I remember my dad laughing. He's like, so you're going to be a pastor. She's going to be a social worker. You guys will never have any money, but you will have a household that's full of tears and joy all the time. Yeah, he sat us down and told us that we were always going to be spiritually under attack, but that we would have like a very fruitful life. And he was very right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there have been times where we've just been crushed and we're mm-hmm. both in tears. Um, and stuff like that but then we've had these moments of just tremendous amount of joy and i'm like you know from both ends of maybe something on jody's end of social work that that she's had to go through trauma and you know we're weeping together over it or something on my end and you know there's the the tears aspect but then the joys of from my line of work and then from her line of work which i also view as as ministry and stuff like that of we get twofold of when she sees a client who has gone through recovery or a family that that was broken that she got to help put back together or um, something on my end of things and stuff like that. Like we get to experience those uh, twofold. We don't have any money, but we get to experience <laughs> this very fruitful life on, on both ends very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fruit doesn't always have to be capital. Yeah. You know, joy doesn't have to come from financial situations. Um, I think that's just kind of we know we want to to lean and be encouraging to those that are listening to the preacher curl. You know, I I want for what we what we talk about to be something may not be relevant now, but it will be. And I want I I feel like, you know, let's say you never marry, okay? Having someone that you can confide in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is youth ministry 101, finding that accountability, being able to talk to somebody and be able to share and be able to be open with somebody because doing life alone would be a would would just it's not something I look forward to, <laughs> not something I want. We weren't uh, made that way. Yeah. We weren't made that way for sure. We were made to be unified and and to support one another. Get into a small group of people your age. Hundred percent. We have a small group that's co-ed, so half of us are married, and then the other half are single, mm-hmm. and it works well. Like you can't. Um, they, I don't feel like they feel ousted because they're not married. You know, they seem very comfortable. Um, and we don't treat it as, oh, these are the not married people. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're all in it together. And um, so definitely get in a small group. That that helps. You know, even if you're single, mix in with married people. That's okay um, to hang out with married people in a small group. So You don't have to do life alone. Right. And... Uh... I think that's that's very important, and I'm thankful for Jen being my life, and for the fact that she said yes at all to anything uh, is great uh, for me because we have two awesome kids, 
who love Jesus and are just as wild as we are. Um, but, you know, there's never an, a number to say, oh, I can brag about my wife this far or whatever it may be. But, you know, she definitely does a lot of the, the raising of the kids, which is super important. And whether it's a literally changing diapers, you know, or rocking the bed at 3 a.m. because uh, they have colic, um, or uh, making sure they get to swim lessons, even though it's raining outside, or <laughs> which, which happened lightning at the time, <laughs> which happened today. Um, you know, there's so much respect because all she wants to do, all Jen is trying to do is to make sure her family knows Jesus, that her family loves Jesus, and that we love each other. And I think that's super important, and I love it. And uh, that's all I can really say. You know, I think that's all that really matters. You know, oh, great, she made food or something. like That's, that's, that's all <laughs> side note, you know. Um, what, what matters matters is she wants to make sure we all know Jesus as much as I do um, and probably does a better job than me sometimes, you know, when I'm not there. And so, that's good. I love you. I love you. Okay. I needed good. that. You're I need, welcome. I needed that. Okay. Yeah. We can You're talk welcome. to these single people. Sign it. Give me Hallmark. <laughs> Put it on a card. You should write some cards. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Put it on a card. Um, That's really wonderful. Yeah. This is going to be a tough series. Um, you know, obviously it's tough because it's your wife and, and our spouses. Um, but just, Talking about relationships is not fun uh, because it's 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 not fun, but it's a much needed conversation because, like we said, we thrive to be in community. I mean, look at what's taken place over the last couple of months. You got fresh water happening. You know, that's happening Wednesday, literally. You know, uh, Palace of Praise is is coordinating. We are one community worship. And, and I know the Bluff Church has been involved in that. And, and so it's just... Like, that's what we desire is to be in community. We desire, like, to fit in, you know. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an outcast. You know, not really. You're, you're following somebody else that's trying to be an outcast. You know, like, there's always that sense of community that thrives within us. And so talking about these different areas of relationships is going to be so, it's so important for me because we wanted to start with our family because that's what comes first. You know, our relationship with God and, and, and our family. And so I'm looking forward to it. Harper has been asleep this entire time, and <laughs> it's so, so impressive, well. so impressive. Uh, but, you know, we have these conversations for her. We have these conversations yeah. for our kids and for our spouses. Um, because if I'm not real, and, and the truth is, I probably share more on here than I do with Jen. And she, like, sometimes gets really upset about that. Um, <laughs> but... That's just something I'm working on. You know, this is not me. Again, we're not coming to you on the Preacher Curl podcast to say, here's what you got to do. Like you read the book, you read the book about being a pastor's wife, right? Yes. Or I don't know if you read it completely, but. He's pointing yeah. at Jody, by the way. I'm pointing at Jody. <laughs> yes. you know, As she, you all she can clearly see. <laughs> she, she mentioned that earlier. You know, she kind of read a book about it. You know, it's, this is not me saying I'm giving you 10 steps to success or 10, six, right. 10 steps to a, a successful uh, ministry. 
All I'm saying is here's what I'm dealing with. Here's stuff that I've <laughs> like the reason we're talking about it is because I know it's something I'm probably struggling with. It's probably something I'm dealing with. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk it through. And then hopefully I move forward in my own re- relationship with my family. And that's how that book uh, was. It was all about it was two pastors wives that wrote it and they still do a conference every year. Mm-hmm. And they alternate between Nashville and Las Vegas. I think Brooke Woodard has gone to it because I've talked okay. to her about it. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, they, it was kind of like, this is what we've seen and this is what goes on and this is what you might encounter. And they were right. Yeah. And they just, <laughs> we don't want you to feel alone. Right. It's not that we have all the answers. Like we're missing probably more answers than we have, <laughs> but we don't want you to feel alone. Mm-hmm. It, like we, we struggle with things too. And I think the podcast, if anything, is helpful for forcing us to talk about the things we don't want to talk about. Yeah. And so it's healthy, at least in that way. So now just even the people sitting at this table today know a little bit more about each other than we did when we started. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is, you know, wonderful encouragement, you know, and that this thing, this platform certainly uh, brings out more vulnerability and transparency in it. Um, and maybe that's because, you know, we're talking into a mic and, you know, no one else is around kind of deal. So you feel like you can be more open and honest about things. Um, but for those who are listening and stuff like that, yeah, please take that encouragement. What Jen just said of you're not alone. And if you're facing these kind of, uh, difficulties in your own, you know, marriage relationships and stuff like that for the pastoral thing, you're not alone. Like there are others who, who understand the, uh, the landmines, the, the trenches, what it's a little bit like, and not to say we're masters, you know, um, we're all young and stuff like that. Me and Jody just been married for five years. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Um, I'm, Eight. You guys are, I was about to say eight or nine. Um, is it nine? Is it nine? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Only reason I know is because uh, you know your password, you make your password your anniversary. So, hey, I've known mine. You get a little we spoiler out to everyone, you know, the podcast, you now know Cameron's passwords. Anyways. Um, uh, it's an October date. Yeah. <laughs> Even closer to hacking into all this. Anyways. That's right. Um, yeah, so just for those of you who are, you know, you're, you're going through that, and we just want you to know uh, you're not alone. Um, you know, we're here if you need to talk to someone. Uh, we're, we're trying to navigate this as well. But for those of you who, um, and this is probably a good number of our audience as well, who are not pastors or not leaders and stuff like that, you know, we hope that you've probably been encouraged uh, by getting a window experience. Um, you know, we try to be, we were talking before this podcast of trying to be, uh, transparent, but also even still kind of closed off in some ways to protect you, to protect ourselves and things like that. Um, so maybe this was a window again to look into a little bit of uh, the family dynamic of a pastor and stuff like that. And I hope that would encourage you to uh, to extend more of the grace of Jesus Christ towards you know your pastors. You know, they, they work hard to, to show it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so strive to do the same back towards them because those who give grace also need to receive grace as well. Um, those who try to foster and build a gospel community, um, make sure that you know, you're encouraging your own pastor to, to taste the fruits of that gospel ministry that they're building uh, on your behalf as well. Um, so let that be both a, a challenge to you and an encouragement of, hey, you're, you're not alone in this. Um, you know, and I think these, like you mentioned, these conversations are super crucial. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even I know next a podcast that we plan to record is okay let's talk about friendships with pastors and we have some guys we're going to bring on that and I, i'm excited for that podcast episode as well for sure let's talk about the interesting dynamics of you know as a pastor having friends uh inside and outside the church or just being friends with a pastor and the um, how that brings its own landmines and trenches and stuff like that so but i think this was a really good 
Like, I, I know at least talking, you know, from this is like, okay, I got a little bit more. Oh, Harper's waking up. Sorry. Um, uh, I got a lot more perspective on, you know, just on my wife and how she's feeling and, um, and things like that. And so, uh, so this was, I know this was good for, for us sure. as well. You know, I, Mason and I have talked, you know, and I know, I think Jen and I talked about it. You know, we love receiving uh, the messages from you guys. I, I was talking, I think I talked to Jen about it too. But like, I know my brother listens. Hey, Ben. I know you're probably listening to this one when it's posted, but just receiving that text message that says, Hey, my ideal vacation is the same <laughs> as yours. You know, that's, a, that's that, that was the text I got. I was like, duh, you know, who doesn't <laughs> like to not have an agenda going to vacation, but like even just little things like that, like we look forward to hearing from you on whether it's a social media page or our email. Uh, you know, we look forward to those, those messages and even if it's not encouragement, maybe it is a question that you have. Like, that's what we look forward to. And that's the whole purpose of this is because uh, we have questions of our own, you know, the, that Mason and I have talked to each other about or other pastors about like, hey, how did you handle this? How do you deal with this? Like, that's what we look forward to. And so reach out to us on our social media pages or reach out to us through our email at preachercurlpodcast at gmail, you know, and just stay tuned each month as we discuss ministry and leadership together. And just remember, when you find yourself in the fetal position, we'd love to talk it through with you.